are listening to the Unapologetic Podcast, starring the actual and factual Kimberly Smith and Sir Goodwin Live, weekly podcast based around black culture current events, entertainment, best friends series, black love series, and controversial and informative topics shows featuring special guests. Subscribe, listen, and follow on all podcasts and social media platforms. Hello, people. I know what you're thinking. Ooh, it looks different in here tonight, don't it? But that's okay, because Unapologetic is still here on a Monday night with Fluent Radio. I am the actual and factual with Kimberly Smith on a Monday night. How y'all doing? Uh, let's get some things clear really quick. The voice is a little altivated because of sinuses, but we're still here tonight, okay? As you see, I am rolling solo dolo. Hello, everybody. So low-key, if you know me, uh, that means we're going to kind of kick off Kim's Corner tonight, okay? But as you all know, we are at Fluent Radio, and you could join the conversation tonight at 904-629-5928. As you all saw on The Good Face in the book, we are going to be talking about some things that, you know, I don't know if y'all remember, but Fluent Radio for us on Monday is about love. We're going to bring you black love stories, black love conversations, all of those type of things. But I felt like with all of our up and down and cheating and, you know, wanting to be single and wanting to be married, that we never really started with love. Uh, So we're going to talk about how does one know they're in love? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to give a shout out to Jeff already for giving me the most amazing beats in my headphones. I know that y'all can't hear that, but I can. So I want to give you a heads up. We are playing music tonight, so there will be breaks. So if you see me stop talking, remember, like I always say, don't go away. We'll be back. But I want to start a little different because it's just me. So as you all know, Kim's Corner is something that I have been putting together for a while, but busy schedules delay things. And so I thought I'd take the opportunity tonight to try some things that I'm going to be bringing to you when I start Kim's Corner. So the first thing I want to start with are a couple things before we get into our subject tonight that have blew me away in the media for the week. That's how we're going to start. Now, as most of you know, I don't talk about this individual often. This is your, you alls, you Chicago people's hometown hero. So I usually give y'all a break. But he's the top of my list tonight for things that annoy Kim. So Kanye West has been over Beyonce's internet for the last week and a half showing his ass. And I don't care what any of y'all say, Donda would not approve. Now, if you don't know, we'll go in more to detail about this on Wednesday night when we come to you with our topics and entertainment show. But again, these are the things that are getting on Kim's, Kim's nerves this week. Now, I respect and understand everybody has an opinion, and he is free to be a free thinker. But certain things you should just leave alone. The fact that he wanted to put 
white lives matter on the shirt his prerogative his clothes his money that's fine but then to go a step further and bring in the fact that the BLM movement was fake and wasn't needed or anything like that to me is absurd because his kids are black you know I mean again like I said I know this is y'all hometown hero and no matter what y'all are gonna ride for him and I'm cool with that I really am but I just want y'all to remember that while he is out here asking for white validation that his kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna see that shit and they're gonna see y'all under his tweets and under his Instagram rooting him on and they're gonna be thinking like wait a minute I don't get it because I'm black, they black, but they agreeing with my dad. Just remember, his kids are black, okay? Now, the second thing that I done seen on Beyonce's internet that is getting on my nerves. All you Kevin Samuel people that are trying to take his place. <laughs> Again, God rest the dead. We don't speak ill on the dead. But I've been on this show multiple times saying that. I do not have a problem with Kevin Samuels, but I also believe that his delivery could have been better. I do believe that there's a way to deliver harsh facts without intending to hurt, as we'll get into later on as we start talking about toxic love. Yeah, we're going to talk about that tonight too. But all of you men that are on Beyonce's internet trying to shame women for their body size. Let's talk about it real quick. So I had the pleasure to go to a amazing, and I mean absolutely one of the best fashion shows that I have ever been to in the Chicago area uh, a couple weeks ago. And when I tell you these ladies put on a show, I mean these ladies put on a show. They were absolutely amazing, okay? They performed for two solid hours. And when I tell you there was not one scene in this show that everybody was not up on their feet about, okay? And if you know me, you know me, uh, you know that I'm talking about a plus-size model show. All of the women in the show were plus-size because... That is what this particular brand sells. They sell plus size clothes. So their amazing video came out a couple weeks ago. Well, well, a couple days ago. And the comments under the video were absolutely amazing. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, people were telling them that they couldn't believe that they people were, you know, excited about this or happy about this. They're promoting obesity, obesity and all of these things. And what I say to those people, just because you need white validation of what you think uh, a woman's size should be, uh, please get off Beyonce's internet rant, ranting about that BS uh, with women that you don't know. Okay? Um, half of these women can outwork guaranteed more than, more than likely a lot of the people that were in the comments. Um, I've seen them in the gym. I've seen them running on Lakeshore Drive and baby, let me tell you one thing I cannot do. I cannot run. Okay. Now don't get me wrong. I'll be clear. If you run after me, I can run, but am I going to get up on a brisk Saturday morning and run? No. So again, like I said, to all of you people that all of you men 
Let me say that. All of you men that are trying to take Kevin Samuel's place, be, go ahead. Get on the internet, critique, tell people, you know, how they should dress, how they should feel, all of that. But just remember that you have to be able to take those same critiques when they come back at you. Um, you have to remember that a lot of the times you're not out here looking like a lot. No offense, you know, because it's everybody's preference. You know, we talk about that all the time. It's preference, okay? So please get off Beyonce's internet under people's comments telling them that they need to do something. Now, I do think that there would have been a better way to go about this, you know, if you really genuinely care about these women and you think that they're um, telling women to that it's okay to be obese or anything like that, reach out and ask, do they want to work out? Reach out individually and see, you know, what type of plan they have going on. Don't get on the internet and bash them because you think that you're, what you see is not appealing to others. Because baby, let me tell you, honey, every single woman I've seen in that show, uh, I know gets it. So be clear. But yeah, just starting out like tonight, like I said, on Kim's Corner, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell y'all a couple things that are, you know, getting on my nerves in the midst of the media before we go to our Wednesday show. So we're going to get started. Again, like I said, we've talked about the choice to be single, the choice to be married, is marriage a necessity, and a choice to cheat. But all of those things deprive from one thing, and that's love, right? So what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to get down to the nitty gritty of how do you know that you're in love with someone? I think for me, and since it's me tonight, I get to talk about me. So excited about that. Uh, yeah, we, how do, how does Kimberly know that she's in love? Woo, child. It's been so long, but I'm going to go backwards. And, you know, please get in the comments. Feel free to interact with me on Facebook. You know, I tell y'all multiple times, good one is the tech. So we're going to all do this together tonight. And again, shout out to Jeff that's going to hold me down tonight. But we're going to make it through. So how does one know they're in love? I think in this day and age, it has become harder to identify love. And I'm going to tell you why. I think that for whatever reason, in this day and age, love is not defined the same way that love was defined for our mothers, our grandmothers, our fathers, our grandfathers, and things like that. And when I say, what I mean by that is, love in my grandmother and grandfather's age was a home-cooked meal, the house clean, the kids being taken care of. Um, she might have had a job, a small job outside of the household or whatever. That's how they showed love. Um, and I think, you know, to even take it up a beat to our parents' generation, um, love was still different. You know, love was your father being in the household or, or out, you know, either or. But love with two people is what I'm talking about. So that's what I mean by in the household. Love was kind of the same thing. Um, love 
to you where you seen your parents strive and build and um, be kind to one another, be open with one another. I think, especially 80s babies, that's what type of love we grew up on. That's what type of love we grew up seeing. Um, That's what type of love you run into when you can say, oh, you know, my parents have been married for 30, 40 years and, you know, things like that. I think our generation, and I really do mean people in their late 30s, I think that we have been blessed to see real love. I think that we have been blessed to encounter what it feels like, uh, what it should feel like. Now, this day and age, (laughs) this love is a lot different. This love is monetary. This love is what can he or she provide? What can, what does it look like? You know, because, you know, you can't be over 150 and, you know, you can't be taller than six foot. That's men, y'all. Women, we are the reverse. Um, I think that's where a lot of the things have switched when it comes to love. I think that we are not able to sustain what love is supposed to look like, um, how our parents and grandparents were. I think that for whatever reason, we lack the ability for some reason, and I don't know really know when that switch came, we lack the ability um, of love. So I can honestly say in my life, I've been in love two times, maybe three, but that was puppy love. And what love means to me is patience, kindness, um, stability, um, openness. And I think that for whatever reason, we don't, we're not able to identify what we need from somebody to be in love anymore. And so therefore that's why it's hard to sustain it. I think that for whatever reason, we've put love on the bottom of the list. Now we want to get married. Now, every woman that I talk to these days, she wants to get married. But when I ask her why she wants to get married, love is never on the list. You know, I think that's so odd. I think You know, when I talk to women and they tell me, you know, they still want to be married, they still want to have kids, they want to do all of these things, but there's nothing in their conversation that says that they want a man that can love them. So that's what our subject is going to be tonight. We're going to take a break in a couple seconds, and when we come back, We're going to really dive into the questions that we should be asking ourselves when we say we want to be in love.
back unapologetic live at fluent radio on a monday night and remember you could join the conversation tonight 904-629-5928 uh y'all don't make fun of me with me turning around looking at this uh phone number okay i've had it written down like three times i just keep throwing it away but again um new look tonight um low-key kind of introduction to kim's corner uh, where you will just have me you know speaking and talking and conversating with the folks and you can join now again if you're just now joining us we are talking about how does one know they're in love we have over the past couple of weeks talked about the choice to cheat the choice to be single and the choice to marry but again 
as I said before, I think that we're missing the critical part of this. We haven't talked about love. We haven't talked about what it looks like. Um, is it even something that people strive for anymore? As I was saying before break, I talked to so many women that look at me and tell me that they still want to be married. But when I ask them why they want to be married, love never comes up. It's never a conversation anymore. So it leads me into my next kind of question of, is there truly a soulmate for anyone or everyone? Because if we're not marrying for love anymore, if we're not seeking love anymore, is soulmates any even a relevant thing anymore? Is it something that people even look for anymore? Because I'm confused about why we are running into relationships, but we're not gauging what we need out of them. Now, as I said before, I think I can honestly say I've been in love three, two, maybe three times. And I think the identifiers for me for each one were different. Um, my first, oh God, my first love, I guess I would say, uh, was I was 15. And in my mind, I felt like I loved this person because this particular person was who I got nervous around, who I got jittery around, who I thought um, was someone that kind of identify what I thought love should look like. Because again, like I said, we've seen, we've been privileged enough to see love from our parents and our grandparents. So technically our generation, our age group should be more inclined to be able to identify love for whatever reason. It doesn't seem like we're doing that these days, but we should be able to do it. Even if you didn't grow up in a household with love, you had a friend, you had someone around you that their parents or their aunt, their uncle, their somebody, anybody, um, show love. So the theory of, I don't know what love looks like to me, is really far-fetched because you don't have to see it from your parents or grandparents. You've seen it somewhere. And so for me, um, I think I identified this particular thing as love because I was head over heels. Like, I thought this person was going to be someone like I grew old with. Don't get me wrong, y'all. I'm 15. Be clear, okay? I don't know what love is. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. In my mind, I'm just like, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. So I'm in love. I think the first time I was truly in adult love, whew, adult love was college. And the reason I say adult love is because we're going to bring in a word that most people try to avoid because they don't like to talk about it. I was in toxic love. So we're going to stay here for a second because I don't know if this is in general a black person thing. Okay, y'all, I'm just saying. Or if this is a general thing. Um, and when I say toxic love, I mean toxicity to get to the love. And with that, for me in college, it was basically low-key kind of running after someone who I thought that I was in love with. 
Now, the person, of course, and it's so crazy because if you think about it, ladies, and y'all can tell me if I'm lying, men are usually the ones to tell you I love you first. And now what we've learned over the last couple of weeks, we can kind of equate that and ask that question like, okay, did he tell me he loved me out of possessiveness or does he actually love me as a person? That's a question we'll have to ask the men when we get back on the panel because we've learned so much about men and their possessiveness and what they're willing to do to basically obtain what they want and that what they want is you. So same thing. He said he loved me first and I'm head over heels. I'm thinking like, oh, it's time to start building a life and this, that, and the third, as you know me. Um, kids have never been on my radar, but wasn't on my radar then at all. But it was one of those things that Again, and I've said this on the show multiple times, if it's something my husband wants to do, it's a conversation. So what I mean by the toxic part is, is of course, uh, the lying, the cheating, all of that started. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm supposed to stay because I'm in love, right? Like, this is just a part of what love is. Like, I'm supposed to go through all of these horrible things in order to be on the finish line, right? Like that's how I'm identifying love. Like I'm not supposed to be unscathed in this. And for a very long time, I really truly thought that's what love was. I thought love was the battle. I didn't learn until after my last relationship that love can be peaceful. And I really do think that that's a hard conversation that people really need to have with themselves. Have you ever been in peaceful love and not in toxic love? Toxic love is the ups, the downs, the fighting, the cheating, the leaving, the ghosting, all of that is toxic love. And I think that we have become so accustomed to that, that we think it's normal. Like, he doesn't love me if we don't have to go through turmoil first, you know? And it didn't click to me until very later on in life, really in my 30s, that that's not what love is supposed to look like, that you can love without pain. And I truly believe that for whatever reason, it's taking people a lot longer to identify that than it should. I think that... For whatever reason, people think that if you're not arguing or fighting, if you're not disrespecting each other or things like that, that it's not love. And I'm really trying to identify when that started and where did we pick that up at? Because toxic love is a lot of what a lot of you practice. And it's no shade or it's no judgment or anything like that because I've definitely done it myself. But I kind of start to think, when will that cycle end? And I think when you are brave enough to identify if you are in toxic love, then I think that that's when you can start moving to a peaceful place. But I think the question then becomes, can you have peaceful love with someone that you once had toxic love with? So be clear when I say toxic love, what I mean. I mean genuinely 
you having to battle the fact that you want to be with this person. The form of disrespect that comes is usually what we allow. And women, I'm talking to us. Because men, don't get me wrong, love y'all to death. But now y'all think y'all could do just about anything and it should be fine. (laughs) But um, with us, of course, we are with a different standard. You know, unfortunately, we have to um, love you the way that you require in order for you to love us the way that we deserve. So when I say toxic love, I see... Um, situations where people repeatedly go back to the same person because in their mind, that's love. If this person is still seeking me, then this person really does. They really do have to love me. Like they can't, it's, it can't be realistic to think that they don't love me because they continue to come back to me. I think that is the most, mm, I think that's the, I think that's the most um, volatile type of love. I do. And let me tell you why. So when you have someone that's in toxic love and they have never identified that to their partner, their partner doesn't understand or know that they need to change the way that they're loving you, if that makes sense. I think that in our generation, we've gotten so far away from normal love that if we're not outside the Denny's at 2 a.m. screaming and fighting at each other, then there's no love in that. And I don't understand where that came from and why we don't value ourselves enough to know that we are supposed to have love without strings. We're supposed to have love without pain is what I'm trying to say. Natural, normal love is not you having to chase down the other person's affection or love. Now, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to say that everything is all peaches and cream because it's not like, let's just be realistic. That's not life. Um, we wish, I mean, if that was the, you know, thing, all of us would be millionaires and be, you know, on a yacht somewhere together, but we live in reality. So there's always going to be questions or issues, but toxic and communication are two different things. Toxic love is no communication, but us forcing ourselves to be in a situation where we think we can't be without each other. So it doesn't matter, you know, what comes with that. Um, I'm going to stay in it. And the reason that I can speak on it is because I've been in toxic love. I had a partner that I told the story on our Choice to Cheat show um, that had a baby when we were in a relationship and in my mind, because he came to me after I learned the information, Oh, this must be love. Like he ran to me to make sure that I was okay. So this has to be what love is. Like he's here because he loves me. No, I found out later he was there because he didn't want me to dump him. (laughs) Like it was that simple. But of course, At my younger age, I didn't realize that. Like, 
I thought it was the like ultimate gesture that he dropped everything to run to me to make sure that I was okay. But at the end of the day, nothing changed. I stayed, he continued to cheat, and then he still left me for the girl that he ended up having the child with. So it was such a slap in the face because in my mind, I didn't understand it. I'm just like, oh, but he loves me. He's here. He's this. But it was toxic love. It was something that neither one of us should have been in and neither one of us should have um, stayed in once the cheating had originally happened. But we're going to take another quick break again. Join us on Facebook. Join us at www.fluentradio.com and join the conversation. First of all, let me say you can't accuse me of all the things you know that you are guilty I see that it is easy for you to blame everything on me. If that's the case, I should go have my fun and do all the things you say I do. Boy, I can't continue to take this from you. I might as well have cheated on you. As much as you accuse me of cheating, I might as well have lied to you. As much as you accuse me of lying, I might as well have. Somebody else when my girl told me she saw you with some girl But I didn't accuse you of something that I didn't see myself Realize that I would never do anything to disrespect you Trust me, you gotta stop accusing Well, I have. 
tell y'all something jeff is killing the boards tonight okay we got beyonce we got keisha cole again for you folks live on facebook we apologize <laughs> we're gonna figure out a way for y'all to hear the music in the studio but we gonna get there i promise we really are uh this is the actual and factual kim smith from the unapologetic podcast checking in and we are with fluid radio tonight on monday night check us out www.fluidradio.com join the conversation we are talking about the thing that most of you avoid love okay that is the tonight's subject topic all of the above you are low-key kind of tuning into kim's corner and if you are a fan of the Unapologetic Podcast, you know that that's coming soon. So what we've been talking about tonight is how do you know when you're in love? So most of us can identify a point in life where we've been in love, at least. That, well, even if it wasn't real love, we thought we were in love. Is that I was wrapping up before our last break in regards to toxic love with us staying with people because of grand gestures of toxicity, okay? I think that we have to really identify when someone is showing us toxic love because if we don't, we'll never, ever be able to experience positive love. So let me explain what I mean by toxic gestures. Do you have that person that is in and out of your life. They love you one minute. They're too busy the next. They're not sure the next. They met somebody else. They had a baby. It's all of these things. But six months, year later, they pop back up. They apologize. They tell you that they made a mistake. And they want to try it again. Because they love you. People, this is toxic love. There's nothing about them that truly loves you because what I've identified, and this is through a lot of self-care, is that love does not have to be harmful. Love does not have to hurt in any way at all. 
But for whatever reason, we think that if it's not hurting me, then it can't be real love, right? Like if it's not something that I'm fighting for, it can't be real love, right? But that is such an asinine kind of point, right? Because love is supposed to be kind. Love is supposed to be gentle. Love is supposed to be pure. So I don't understand when we've flipped on the fact that toxic love is better than pure love. And I'm going to keep repeating the fact that if you have to will someone to love you, they don't really love you. They might love the circumstance or they might love what you can provide for them, but there's nothing about love that is hard. There's nothing about love that is um, painful. Now, again, there's not to say that you won't have issues in any type of relationship that you're in, but a relationship is supposed to be blissful, you know? I think that we've gotten away from what love actually is. We've gotten away from it so far that everything that we see now in the media and, you know, all of these things, we think it's normal. Like, there's really posts going around saying, women, if Nia Long and Beyonce can get cheated on, you don't have a chance. Think about that. This society has deemed the fact that if these beautiful women cannot avoid being cheated on, being loved, being loved incorrectly, then you, as a normal woman, don't have a chance. How asinine is that? That's where we've gotten to that we have based our sole thought process in view of love on what we see around us. And unfortunately, we don't see our mothers and fathers' relationships anymore. We don't see our grandparents' relationships anymore. So we don't identify the same love like that anymore. And that's very sad because majority of people around you are in toxic love. Now, the next question that really kind of startles most people because you think that people won't be honest about it is, is it a red flag if a person tells you that they've never been in love? I think that there's two ways to view this. Me personally, I don't think it's a red flag because I respect the person to know for a fact that they've never been in love. I think that we play with the word so much that if you are with anybody longer than three dates, y'all are in love, like yikes. So dating has become so, hmm, I don't even know the word for it. Dating has become so, it's like a merry-go-round. Like people get on and people get off all the time. Like. Dating is not how it used to be 10 years ago, not even five years ago. Dating is literally in and out, different person every other day. And I think that's fine if that's how you want to date. I don't think there's a problem with it. But I think that 
when you run into someone that can identify the fact that they've never been in love, I think that you should really sit down and engage and learn from that person because this person knows that they've never encountered someone that they felt so deeply for that they identified it as love. So I personally don't think it's a red flag because in my mind, I'm thinking you could have literally been out here telling every woman that you've been with that you love them. And they would have ate it up because that's what we do. We love the fact of love, no matter where it comes from, no matter if it's toxic, no matter if it's coming from someone that we know damn well we shouldn't be with. If they can muster up the courage to say that they love you, that's it for you. That's it. Like you're, you're locked in, you're good, all of the above. But a person that can at this, especially this age in our thirties, tell you that they've never been in love is someone that you should really get engaged with and learn from because you as let's just say a serial like serial dater serial lover meaning like I've been in love I feel like I've been in love multiple times but for me for instance that love didn't turn into anything I'm not married you know so the love did it not mean anything no I'm not saying that I do think that my last partner we were together for nine years and I loved him I will always have love for him so but did that love story end with you know a princess wedding no because I'm still single so I think that when someone can muster up the courage to tell you that they've never been in love before you need to engage and find out what limitations have they put on themselves for them not to sell someone a dream because I think that for whatever reason, we need the dream, you know? We can't be satisfied without it. We can't be content without it. I think all of this leads back to being love in a positive way. So we can sit here and we can talk about the choice of being single. I'm single by choice. I'm single by choice because I've decided that I will not settle for anything but positive love. See how that circle back around? So what I mean by that is, is that I have learned now at my older age that I don't have to go through the screaming, the fighting, the yelling, the ghosting to engage and in love and be in love with somebody that I can be in a positive space always from the beginning of the relationship right on up until I get engaged. I do believe that that type of love exists. I know that type of love exists. I've seen it. And so I think for whatever reason, I think we all need to figure out a way how we can get on the other side of positive love. I think that's something we sh everyone should be working towards. I think positive love 
And I think that's something we also need to do. I think we need to start identifying what is toxic love and what is positive love. If you are with someone that you still feel uncertain about, but y'all are saying I love you to one another, make it make sense. Like, that doesn't fit. If you're with someone that if they're not around you 24-7, if you don't know where they are, you are insecure, that's toxic love. There's nothing about the person that you actually love. Nothing. It doesn't matter if you're in one state, they're in another. It don't matter if they're across the country. If you are in positive love with someone, there is going to be nothing about it that gives you anxiety or gives you uncertainty, okay? I think that we are so terrified to be alone that we would rather settle for anything that comes to us. So I think identifying positive love is something that is probably going to take a lot of time because again, like I said before, we've kind of aged out of seeing real love stories. Like when people come to the studio with their black love segment, and again, like we said before, Fluent Radio on Monday Night with Unapologetic is also always going to be based on love. That's why we're here. When people come to the studio and they tell us that their parents have been together 30, 40 years or their grandparents have been together 40, 30 years. Like it literally lightens my heart. Like it is, I love to hear those type of stories because I know it, it existed and I know that it can still exist. I think we just have to do a better job of identifying what type of love we want. And if you watch our black love show, everybody knows I always ask the couples if they know their partner's love language. It is amazing to me how people have been together for years. <laughs> this is a little scary, but still do not know their partner's love language. How can you say that you love someone and that you're in love with someone, but you don't even know what to do to make that person happy? You don't even know how to read that person to know if they're happy. How is that love? That's toxic love. You know, I know most people won't agree with that. And they would say, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's not something I feel like I need to know. Or that's not something that I feel like I have to know. But it is because as your partner, as someone that you love, I would think that it would be the top of your list. I would think it would be a priority for you to make me happy. Just in turn, it would be my top priority to make you happy. That's the whole benefit of positive love. We want to not ensure, we want to ensure that both parties are happy. I think that for whatever reason, we've come to a place of settlement. And what I mean by settlement is, is that I'm going to take anything that loves me or likes me. Let's just say like, because love is not the, a, a better word for that. I'm going to take anything that likes me. 
if this situation starts and nobody runs, I'm just going to stay in it. And that just blows my mind because in my, I'm like, how long is that sustain, sustainable? Like, how long can you actually be with somebody that you low-key kind of dislike? That has to be the most miserable place to be in. So I truly think that when you can identify positive love and toxic love, I think that we'll all start moving to a better place in love. Again, the reason that I wanted to get so deep, I hate that word, but you know what I mean, when it comes to the love conversation is because that's exactly what we've been talking about for the last three weeks, all different varieties of love. I think that on our show, The Choice to Cheat, it really made me think after the show is that is love even in that? Could you, if you truly love me, positive love, not toxic love, if you loved me in a positive way, are you even capable of cheating? Is that even something that you could do? For me, I don't think so. I do not think that you would be able to cheat on someone that you love in a positive way. I think that it would eat you up so much that you would be not capable of actually doing the act. I just don't. I think that if you're able to cheat on me, <laughs> then come back and tell me or I find out or however, you know, women love to show up and talk to you as a woman, you know, y'all know that's their favorite things. So if you're able to do that, there is no way possible that you can love me in a positive way. So I think over the next couple of weeks, you all are going to get to listen to some amazing love stories. You're going to get to hear some positive love stories because that's what our black love segment is really about. We want to let people know that love really does still exist out here. It is not a thing of the past. It is not something you have to settle for. It is not something that you shouldn't strive for anymore. And I really truly think, and I'll kind of start wrapping up with this, is that if you in one sentence can say, I still want to be married, I still want to have a partner. And in that conversation, if someone asks you, what else do you want? If you can't identify love in that scenario, then maybe you need to sit down, take out your pad. All of my girlfriends would tell you this. I tell everybody to journal, okay? If you can't get it out, if you're not one of those people that feels like that you want to tell other people your business, tell your journal. Because... If you don't have love in any of those scenarios, then marriage should not be anywhere in your vocabulary. If you're not capable of positive love towards a person, then marriage is not something that you're capable of either. Now, I can say that as a single woman because for a period of time, I was not capable of positive love. 
And therefore, that's how I knew I wasn't ready for marriage. Doing the work on myself has now let me know that I can positively love somebody. And with that, if that leads into a partnership or if that leads into marriage, I'm ready for it. People, this has been an absolutely great conversation with me. Again, I am Kimberly from the Unapologetic Podcast, also known as the Actual and Factual Kimberly Smith. We will see y'all on Wednesday night back in studio where we can go into more detail about the things that were getting on my nerves in the media this week. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the unofficial first show of Kim's Corner. Also, I want to give a birthday shout out to uh, Mari. Happy birthday. Um, I think it's Libra season. I don't know much about y'all, but I'm a pray for y'all all. Woo, Lord, it's an L. I don't know because them Leos is something else. But again, like I said, this has been Unapologetic Live with Fluent Radio. Catch us on Monday nights at 8.20ish. I want to give a special shout out to Jeff for holding me down tonight in the studio. He has been amazing. Mm, 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 mm. And with that, we'll say goodnight. <laughs>